Grateful to have Carter and Jude and Jackson sharing from our readings from the book of Ephesians as we continue this series, Blessed to Bless. Today we focus on prayer, as you can see, and those scriptures are all found in the book of Ephesians and all include Paul's prayers or calls for people to pray for Paul as Jackson just read. We have a lot of wonderful activities that we can pray for as a part of this church family. And Eric shared uh, much about that at the beginning, and I certainly amen all of that. We look forward to our wonderful trunk or treat coming next uh, Sunday afternoon and evening. I know that will be a big, big fun deal. We have other things that are going on. Uh, We have our ongoing Bible classes and activities this evening. I'll be leading a class on the time between the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you've had questions about the things that went on during those 400 years where we don't have Scripture, but we have a lot of history, that's what we're going to be talking about this evening at 5 o'clock across the parking lot in our office complex. We'll also have a singing class at that time. Our youth and youth families will be at uh, Kelly and Jeannie's house for a devotional tonight. And so there's all of that going on. Uh, On Sunday night, in a couple of weeks, on November the 6th, we're going to have uh, an area-wide singing night here. We've had a singing night before. We had one on on tap for that night, and someone in our leadership meeting said, why don't we invite the other area churches to come and be a part of that? So that's what we're doing. I've already sent out some emails. We're going to be sending out letters this week, so I hope that you plan on that and take part in that. And of course, uh, coming up next year, we have our a cappella concert. We're going to have a praise and worship weekend workshop uh, with a cappella later on in the year in August. And in addition to all of our wonderful ongoing activities, every single day there are things being done in the name of the Lord by uh, this church family. And so I encourage you to be a part of, of as many of those things uh, as you possibly can. And one way that you can be involved in them is to be prayerful, to be praying for them. In our uh, bulletin this morning, on our app, in our West Irwin Wire email, uh, notes that you might get throughout the week, you, you see prayer concerns. And Wade prayed over some of those this morning. Uh, you see activities and events and different things that we're doing uh, that you can pray about, that they will have an impact on the people that they need to be impacted by these events. And that's why we do them, to share the love and word of Christ. Uh, Reading scripture is God talking to me. Prayer is me talking to God. When I read the Bible, that's God's word to me. But when I pray, that's me reaching out to God and talking to my creator and my savior. One of the most incredible realities that we have is I talk to God to God. Can you imagine? I talk to God. We can actually speak to the God of all creation, the eternal creator, uh, the Lord, the master, the ruler of the universe, the one who was from eternity and will be for eternity. I talk to God. The Apostle Paul has three great prayers in the book of Ephesians, three great passages centering on prayer, offering up prayer to God, offering up uh, requests for prayer, offering up encouragement as we speak to our Lord and Creator and Savior. Uh, 
uh, our young men have read those this morning as a part of our worship. And so I want us to share a few things about prayer today. And then I want us to spend a little bit of time praying at the end of the sermon. First of all, when you pray, use your head. (laughs) When you pray, use your head. You've probably heard me say many times, just because you're a Christian, that doesn't mean you check your brain at the door. (laughs) We're not asked to not think, to not study, to not uh, be concerned about things, to be willing to use our heads, even in prayer, is a part of our call. When you pray, use your head. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 15 is a scripture that we'll mention a couple of times today. Uh, One of them, a part of that, it says, I will pray with my spirit. I will pray with my understanding. When we pray, we pray with our head. We use our brain. We use our minds. We use our understanding. And this is the part of what Kelly was talking about around the table, where we are we are being transformed by God so that we can be a transforming presence in our world. And so we pray for that to happen. Rather than being influenced and transformed by the world, we are influencing and transforming the world through the power of God. And that power comes through prayer. That power comes through Jesus Christ. And so when we pray, we try to renew our minds, as Scripture says. We are transforming ourselves, and that is a mental activity. I like this quote from Shakespeare's Hamlet, My words fly up, my thoughts remain below. Words without thoughts never to heaven go. Now let me give a disclaimer here. I don't know a lot of Shakespeare. I don't read it. I don't remember it from school days. This may be the only quote that I remember other than Romeo, Romeo, what? See, none of you are Shakespeare experts either. Okay, maybe a few of you are, but you remember that line, right? Well, I remember this line. My words fly up. My thoughts remain below. Words without thoughts never to heaven go. Written by the king in the Shakespeare play Hamlet after a prayer, realizing that his mind wasn't in it. Even as he prayed, he thought about something else. I understand that we have human limitations, but when we pray, let's use our heads. Let's use our brain. Let's connect with God mentally and think about what we're doing and how we're doing it. You've heard me mention before the ACTS outline for prayer. A-C-T-S. Do you remember what that stands for? The A is what? Adoration. C, confession. T, thanksgiving. And S is supplication. Many times in our prayers we start with supplication, right? That's where we're asking God for stuff. And, And rightly so. We've done that this morning. We've asked God to be with those that need Him in in an especially great way right now. We've asked Him to heal those who are hurting. We've asked Him to be with those that we're concerned about ourselves. And that's okay. But 
it's good not to start there every time. I realize there are some times in our lives where the, the need is so immediate, so urgent, so significant that that's all we can think about. So by all means, pray that. Absolutely. But if in our prayer life, all we're doing is asking God for stuff every single time and that's it, then we might want to rethink that. Over a period of time, hopefully you can see yourself learning to be disciplined in your prayers. That's a mind thing. That's a brain thing. And so beginning your prayer with adoration, with praise to God, just simply because of who God is, that He is worthy of our praise and adoration. Acknowledging that we are sinners, confessing that. And we have no right to talk to God, and yet I talk to God in prayer And so that leads us to being thankful, thankful for the opportunity to pray, thankful for all those blessings that God showers upon us, none of which we deserve, and yet He continues to bring them. And then, yes, absolutely, pray about those needs that we have in our lives and in the lives of those that we love. As Carter read from that passage in Ephesians chapter 1, it was filled with praise and adoration of God. His incomparable power that's in us who believe. Praising our great and wonderful God. On bended knee we come. And maybe not in a physical way, although that's certainly fine to do. But it's an act of humility. It's an act of confession. It's an act of praise of the one that is far greater than I. When you pray, use your head. Secondly, when you pray, use your feet. (laughs) When you pray, use your feet. I saw this in a quote from Tony Dungy in his devotional book, The One Year Uncommon Life Daily Challenge that I read from. And just recently he had this statement. The next time you think you might just sit back and rely on the Lord to find others to pick up the slack from your idleness, remember this African proverb... When you pray, use your feet. At times, we in the church get criticized for uh, telling people our thoughts and prayers are with you. And that's a good thing, a powerful thing. This whole sermon is about doing that exact thing. Having our thoughts and prayers be with someone who is going through something of difficulty. But if that's where it ends, then we're not praying with our Our shepherd Wade Weathers called on us during the shepherd's prayer time to pray with our feet, to pray for God to bless our communities and our nation and our church, but also to be willing to be a voice that actually helps to bring those things about that we want God to do in this world. We pray that he would do it. Okay, how is he going to do that? (laughs) Well, he's going to do that through us. His church, His people. And so I realize we're not called to do everything, but we are called to do some things. And we are all called to prayer, certainly so. And so find those things that you can do and take part. Pray with your feet. Be willing to go and help yourself. Not just pray that someone in need will find help. It's wonderful to pray that those who are depressed and discouraged and have been at home for so long or at home for so long now and are, and are worried about so many things in their lives right now, 
it's, it's a great thing for us to pray that God would bring them comfort and, and encouragement. How do we think he's going to do that? <laughs> he's going to do that by you picking up one of those cards in the back of the pew in front of you, just like the Apostle Paul said, and fill that thing out and send a note of encouragement to someone. Or give them a call or send them a text. Something where you see somebody or you think of someone that is really in need of of encouragement right now, you pray that they will be encouraged, and then you do something to encourage them, something real, something concrete. And we do that in all kinds of different ways. When you pray, use your feet. In essence, that's what James, the half-brother of the Lord, said in James chapter 1 and chapter 2, considering Scripture, he said, don't just read this word and leave it there. Do what it says. If we don't do what the word says, if we're not trying to accomplish the things that we're praying for, James says we're, it's like going and looking in a mirror and seeing everything all messed up and walking away and not doing a thing to change it. That's not what God's word is to be about. That's not what our prayer lives are to be about. When you pray, use your head. When you pray, use your feet. James said that faith without works is dead. And so he calls on us to have a faith that is active. And I believe our prayer lives need to be active as well. We need to be centered on asking God to accomplish his great will. In our church, in our families, in ourselves, in our nation, in our world. And then we get up from our knees and we say, okay, God, what, what can I do to, to help accomplish this? Maybe it's something little. Maybe it's something big. Maybe it's just being devoted in prayer. But whatever it is, do that. When you pray, use your head. When you pray, use your feet. And thirdly, when you pray, use your heart. Listen to our hearts, that prayer song said. Listen to our hearts. When you pray, use your heart. Again, 1 Corinthians 14, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with the understanding. We pray with our minds, but we also pray with our hearts. We pray from our hearts to the heart of God. And sometimes, again, that the words don't come. We're, we're, we find it so urgent, so challenging, so threatening that we try to talk to God and the words just don't come. And that's, and that's where these great comforting words from Romans chapter 8 help us. Where Paul says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself inside of us prays with groanings that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. That is praying with your heart. Praying in such a, a heartfelt way that human words are, seem like they just can't communicate what's, what is in our hearts at that moment. And during those moments, we know that the Holy Spirit that's within us, that lives within us, 
communicates those thoughts and those words and those emotions through the Spirit of God to the very throne of God. And He hears our prayers. Think of some of those in the Bible that had heartfelt prayers like that. I think of Hannah in the Old Testament as she poured out her heart to God to give her a child. And Samuel was later born. I think of David, King David, as he poured out his heart in repentance in Psalm 51. Josiah, when he found the book of the law, <laughs> how can the people of God and the, the go living in Jerusalem with the temple still there that Solomon built and not have the book of the law and not even know where it is? But when they found it, King Josiah prayed with all of his heart a prayer of repentance. And he had all the people do that as well. And then they got up and they did what that law said. I think of Ezra and the exiles. I think of Nehemiah praying before he goes and talks to his king for permission to go back to his homeland and rebuild the walls. I think of the early church gathered at uh, the home of John Mark in Acts chapter 12. Having seen King Herod arrest James, the apostle James, the brother of John, and kill him. And now he has arrested Simon Peter. And Acts 12 tells us the church gathered together to pray. That was a heartfelt prayer. Thankfully, Peter was miraculously released. I see the Apostle Paul praying as Saul of Tarsus for three days and three nights. Having seen the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus. Nobody had to tell him, hey Saul, put your heart into it, would you? <laughs> he knew exactly where he stood with God and he poured his heart out to God. Later on he would pray that that thorn in the flesh would be removed. Which it wasn't, but God gave him his strength and his power instead. And I think of our Lord Jesus. So many times he prayed all night long. Sometimes it says he got up very early in the morning to pray. And we all know about that scene in the Garden of Gethsemane. Hours before he was to be killed on the cross. Praying with all of his heart. If it's possible, Father, find another way to do this. Take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I want. But your will be done. And what about us? Those prayers that come from our heart in such a strong, important way. When you pray, use your head. When you pray, use your feet. And when you pray, use your heart. I think the, and you've heard me say this, the strongest commandment in Scripture to get us to pray is the simple fact, two words, Jesus prayed. If the Son of God felt it was so important to pray to the Father, how can I not be a person of prayer? When you pray, use your head. When you pray, use your feet. When you pray, use your heart. This incredible statement, I talk to God, is followed by this equally incredible statement, and He hears my prayers. I talk to God and the creator of the universe hears my prayers. And he is able to do more than I could ever dream. Jude read that passage in Ephesians chapter 3. He not only hears our prayers, but he is able to act in ways that we couldn't begin to understand, think, or 
imagine. I think it would be unfaithful to preach a sermon on prayer and not pray. So let's close with prayer. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor because you alone are worthy. You alone are God. You are the creator, the sustainer. You are holy in all that you do. You are just when you judge. And Father, as we come before you, we confess our sins and our sinfulness that in the eyes of a holy God, we are only worthy of death. And yet, Father, we give you thanks because you have made a way for us to be forgiven at great cost, the life of your Son. Father, we're so grateful, we're so ashamed, but we're so thankful. And we're thankful, Father, for all the other many, many ways that you bless us as individuals, as families, as a church, as a community, as a nation. The ways you've blessed this world, Father, we praise you, and we're so thankful. Father, there are so many that we want to pray for today. Some we've already prayed for, some are coming from hearts that are communicating to you through your spirit that's in them and is being taken to your throne by your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray that you would hear our prayers, that you would heal those who are suffering and hurting and that you would be a comfort to those who are worried for them and that you would be a presence, Father, in the lives of those who are going through such great difficulties that this life can throw at us. Some things that we bring on ourselves because of our own sinfulness. Some things, Father, that others cause because of their sinfulness. Some things, Father, that are just a part of the way of this world. And yet, Father, all of them are difficult and we seek your blessing and your guidance, your presence, and your healing. Father, we've heard your word tell us today that we are to pray for those who are our leaders. Paul seeks prayer for him. And so, Father, we do that today and we pray for this church. And we pray for our leaders, Father. We pray for our shepherds. And we ask that you would bless them. Bless Jay and Debbie and their wonderful family, their children and grandchildren. Bless Ken and Kathy, their children and grandchildren. Especially, Father, be with uh, Ken's father and Kathy's mother and the special needs that they have. And we're grateful for them, Father, and for their family. Father, we pray that you would be with David and Sharon and with uh, Sydney here and Bailey at Harding. And we ask, Father, your blessings to be upon them and upon Sharon's mother. And Father, we, uh, we pray for Grant and Leanne. We ask a special prayer for them and for their children for their grandchildren. We ask your blessing and your presence. And Father, we're thankful. Father, we pray for uh, Galen and Margie and for Margie as she continues to uh, heal. And we ask, Father, that you would bless them and their wonderful, wonderful family for all of the incredible good works that they do for us as a church and for so many others uh, in this community. Father, we pray for Wade and Diane, and we're so thankful for them and for their wonderful family. We pray that you would bless their children and their grandchildren. Father, we, we're thankful for our wonderful Wanda and for all of their family. 
that have meant so much to this church for decades and continue to be such an important part of your work here. Father, bless them and the needs of their children and grandchildren. We ask, Father, for uh, your blessing and upon all of their all of their wonderful, wonderful family. Father, we pray for David and Jenny. We pray a special prayer for David as he continues to heal for their children and grandchildren and for their family. We pray a special prayer, Father, for little Eli and the surgery and other treatments that he will have for years to come. We just ask, Father, that you would bless them. Bless these men, Father, as they serve as our elders, our overseers, our shepherds. Help them, Father, to be in the lives of our people here, the flock, the sheep. Help them, Father, in the decisions they make and the prayers that they offer. And, Father, we just ask that you would bless them and those that are working with them and their families that sacrifice so much for us. Um, We're so grateful. Father, we pray that you would be with our ministers and our staff. We pray uh, that you would be with Davy and Sonia. And we love them so much and we're so thankful for them. Bless them, Father, and their families. Bless their children and their grandchildren, especially, Father, we pray for little Brooks, and we praise you for the amazing story uh, that he will have and that they have uh, throughout his life, and we pray that that would be a long and, and wonderful life in your service, and we know because we know his family that that's what will happen. Father, we pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would bless Donnie and Tommy and What a wonderful gift they and their family are to this church. We pray a special prayer for Jean and for Gwen as Jean continues to heal. And Father, for all of their family, we just love them so much. The Chandlers and the Cooks mean everything to this church and have for such a long, long time. And Donnie has done such an amazing thing and continues to do so, leading our children's ministry. We pray that you would bless her. Father, we're so thankful for Tucker and Elizabeth. We've loved them since the moment we met them. You brought them here, and you brought them to our youth and to our families and to our church, and we pray that you would continue to bless their good work here and those that they love. Father, we pray for Eric and for Wes and Cade. Lord, we're just thankful that you brought them home, and we're grateful that they're here, that they're a part of our church, but they're a part of our staff and our team of church leaders. Bless him, Father, in the important work that he is just beginning to do to connect us with each other, to help us to reach out to each other and to reach out to those around us with your love and with your word. We ask, Father, that you would bless them. And Father, I pray for Joyce and me and for those burdens that, uh, that we carry and for the great joy and the great life, Father, and the great call to ministry. Uh, that you have given us here in this wonderful, wonderful place. Father, we pray that you would bless us. We pray, Father, for the rest of our staff, for for Sharon and for Francis, for Odie and for Cal, for the families that they have and the needs that they have and the great work that they do. Father, we pray for our deacons and their wives and for their families, for our other ministry leaders. For all, Father, who have a hand in leading us as we seek to serve you and as we seek to serve this community and this world in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we are, we are such a blessed, blessed church. And we're so very thankful, Father, for all the gifts and the blessings that you've given us. And we know, Father, that the reason you've given those things to us 
is because you want us to share them with this community and with this nation and with this world. And so we ask, Father, that you would empower us to do exactly that. Help us, Father, to tie into that inexpressible power that is in us who believe. Father, help us as a church family that we will always remember how, how wide and, and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. Help us, Father, to know that you can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And so, Father, we pray for the big things. We pray for the little things. We pray for the big things for our nation during this election season. And we know, Father, that whoever is in power, that you will empower us to be your witnesses in this community and in this land. We pray, Father, around the world for those who are suffering because of the name of Christ. And even in this country, and Father, we pray for your blessing and your will to be done, and we pray for your power and your love to be seen. Father, as the West Irwin Church family, we ask, Father, that you would open our eyes. We want to see Jesus. And Father, we pray today that you would open our lives because we want others to see Jesus through us. And Father, we pray all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, if you want to be close to the one who gave everything for you, we would love to help you do that. Come as we stand and sing this prayer together.